This sermon is titled Persistent Prayer, Part 5. Be enriched as you listen. We are continuing our study in God's Word on following Jesus in prayer. We've been talking about that for several weeks. This is uh, our fifth sermon in the series on following Jesus in prayer. We have a few more Sundays on that. And what we're doing in this message on the sermon series is we're looking closely at the life, the ministry, the teaching of Jesus on the subject of prayer, what He did in prayer, and we are trying to draw some lessons from that and put that into our own lives so that we can practice and we can follow Jesus in prayer. So the premise is very simple. If He did it, it's all right for you and me to do it. For us to follow Him, just imitate Jesus. Learn from Him and do what He did or what He taught us concerning prayer. So we've been doing, looking at different things. We, look at, we looked at the Lord's Prayer as a pattern. We talked about believing prayer last Sunday. And today, I want to touch on another aspect of prayer that the Lord Jesus taught about, which is, Persistent prayer. He talked about persistence in prayer. And the Lord used two illustrations to convey that to us, to communicate to us the importance of persistent prayer, or persistence in prayer. So we're going to look at that. Now, both these illustrations are very familiar. You probably heard it as little children in Sunday school, if you grew up in Sunday school. These are stories we hear often or read, have read to us very often. They're familiar stories. But let's look at how Jesus communicated that to us and what He intended for us to learn. So let's go to Luke chapter 11, the first story. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. That's the passage we're going to read first. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, Which of you having a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. Look at verse 8. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence... He will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now we know that this whole passage is about prayer. And it's initiated by the disciples. You know, they see Jesus praying and they say, Lord, we want to learn how you're doing this. Teach us to pray. 
So we want some lessons on prayer. Maybe he did a seven-part series on prayer. I don't know. But anyway, in his teaching on prayer, he begins by sharing the Lord's Prayer. Something we've covered. We've examined that in detail. And then he, before he goes on to talking about the assurance of answered prayer, where he said, you ask, you'll receive, you seek, you'll find, knock, it'll be open, because you've got a heavenly Father who will provide. So before he gets into talking about the assurance of answered prayer, he interjects this story, this illustration, intending to convey to them and to us that while we engage with God, the Father, in prayer, here is something that is very important that you and I must practice. So he gives this story. There's a friend who comes in at midnight, knocks at his friend's door, and his friend welcomes him, but he didn't have, doesn't have anything prepared for him. So he goes to another friend, neighbor, says, hey, wake up. I know it's midnight, but I have a need. Can you give me some bread? I got to serve my friend. And notice what Jesus says. He says, though that other friend doesn't, will not wake up just for the sake of friendship, but because of his persistence. He's going to get up. And he's going to give him whatever he needs. In other words, Jesus is saying, in our engagement with God, yes, we have relationship. He begins by talking about God our Father. He ends this passage by, again, referencing God our Father. So there is relationship. We go before God on the basis of relationship. But on our part, we must be persistent in prayer. Now, obviously, Jesus is telling us that our heavenly Father is much better than earthly fathers. So then the question is, why do I need to be persistent? You know, can't God do things like this? Every time I say, Father, I need bread, bread drops from heaven, you know. Why do I need to be persistent? We'll come to that. So we'll talk, we'll ask some related questions, which we, we will address a little later on. But the point you want to emphasize now as we begin is that the Lord Jesus taught us the importance of being persistent in prayer. And he used this illustration, which just clearly communicates to us the importance of being persistent. Don't give up easily. You've got to be persistent. There is relationship, but you need to be persistent. Now, it's very interesting. Look at that. The Greek word there that's used for persistence, which in the New King James is translated persistence. The Greek word literally means to be without shame, shameless. In other words, you've got to be shameless in your prayer. Yes, You've got relationship. God's your father, and you know he has need. But when you approach him, be shameless. It means to be bold. Have no regard to time, place, or person. And it implies persistence. And usually when I study scripture, I like to look at it from different versions just to see how they've translated it. And I'll just read out a few. The literal version renders it like this. Because of his shameless insisting, the New American Standard Bible, which is close, closer to the original text, because of his shamelessness, the Amplified Classic says, shameless persistence and insistence. The Amplified Modern Version says, because of his persistence and boldness. The NIV, because of your shameless audacity. So there's got to be this shameless persistence, insistence, boldness, a determination, a tenacity to our prayer. Now we flip it the other way. It means you and I cannot be casual in our praying. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, chalega. I was teaching Bible college students a lot of Hindi, so little hangover from there. <laughs> Full week, <laughs> a lot of Hindi, Hindi, Hindi. 
So he says, that's not the approach you're supposed to take. Don't be casual about this. But instead, what, what Jesus is actually encouraging us to do is to have shameless, persisting, insisting, boldness, and unwillingness to take no for an answer. That's the approach we're supposed to have when we pray. Are you with me? So if you pray like that, look at the other story in Luke chapter 18. He used this story to communicate that same point. In Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8, says this, Then he spoke a parable to them that men are always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. In other words, pay attention to what the unjust judge said. What did he say? Be those, you know, lest by her continual coming, she weary me. So pay attention to that. That's the point I want to get across. So he says, hear what the unjust judge said. Verse 7. And shall God not avenge his own elect to cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? Verse 8. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? So hear it again. Verse 1. The purpose of this illustration is to tell us, you've got to keep praying and don't lose heart. Don't get weary. Don't give up. Keep praying. And in order to drive that point home, he says, here's the story. The widow keeps going to the judge. Now, this judge doesn't care. But this widow, and I can, you can imagine, Monday, she's there. <laughs> Tuesday, she's there. <laughs> Wednesday, she's there. Now, some of us, you know, we just give up. But she's there. And he's like, man, I know she's coming back tomorrow. And just... By her insistence, her coming back day after day, he says, I'm going to do something. And that's the point. Jesus says, I want you to pay attention to In other words, he's saying, that's how we pray and we don't give up. We don't lose heart, but we keep praying. And he says, but God, but listen, God's much better than that unjust judge. He will act on you, on your case speedily. He will move quickly for you. He's better than that. But from our side, he says, you've got to be like that. Don't lose heart. You've got to pray like that. So he starts talking about prayer, but interestingly, when he finishes, he, say, he talks about faith. He says, when the Son of Man comes, meaning in the latter times, will he really find faith? On the earth. Will he really see people who've got this kind of faith so that they are so tenacious in prayer, that they are unwilling to give up, that they are insisting, that they are persisting? Will he find such people of faith on the earth when he comes? That's the question. So, though he start, started talking about prayer, he's ending pointing to an issue of faith. Will he find such kind of faith? In the hearts of people. Faith that is tenacious. Faith that is unwilling to give up. Faith that knows my God in heaven will answer. I'm just going to stay here. Amen? So Jesus, through both these illustrations, taught us about being persistent in prayer. Not giving up easily in our praying. 
So how do we practice this? We'll answer three simple questions. How do we practice this? Why do we need to be persistent? And when do we be, do we be persistent in prayer? So how do we practice persistence in prayer? We've talked about believing prayer last Sunday. How do we practice this? How do we be persistent in our faith in prayer? And I'll just share with you simple things. Uh, you can definitely add to this. One way is that we go back to God declaring His promise to us. Just go back to God day after day, every time as you are waiting to see God work in a particular situation. You know, we all have different battles. I don't know what your battle is. Maybe you're, you know, it's a financial situation. Maybe it's concerning your job. Maybe it's concerning an issue in the workplace. Maybe it's a relational issue, a marriage issue in your family. Maybe it's for your children. Maybe it's you're praying for your grandchildren, whatever the issue is. But you're standing before God in faith. How do you stay persistent? How do you stand before God in that insisting, never giving up kind of prayer? One way to do it. Every time you go before God, you just go and say, God, this is what you said. You take that word and you go before God. You declare His word back to Him. Now that doesn't mean you're doing it because God forgot it. That's not the point. The point is you're saying, God, here's where I'm standing. I'm not getting off this word. God on His side is faithful. Because He gave you that word. The question is, are you still faithful? Are you standing on that word? So day after day, you go back and say, Father, this is your word. I thank you. This is what you said. Father, I'm standing on this. I'm expecting God that you will bless me. I'm expecting God that you will cause my family to experience your joy, your goodness, your peace. I'm expecting God your hand on my children, on my grandchildren, whoever you're praying with, whatever your matter is, you're praying, whatever it is that you're praying, you declare His word. And you say, Father, this is your word. It will not fail. I'm standing on this word. That's one way of showing that you're persistent. Another way could be just to keep thanking Him every day. Thank Him for it. See, one way we express faith is by thanking God even before you see the answer. Because in prayer, you believe that you have received. So Father, for me, as far as on my side, this matter is settled. Because you spoke it, I believed it, it's taken care of. So I'm in this place of thanksgiving. So day after day, just go, Father, I thank you that you have fulfilled your word. You are faithful to your word. I thank you for my answer. So, but I don't see it, but that's what faith is. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. It's the conviction of the reality. Faith perceives what is not revealed to the senses. Faith perceives as reality what is not revealed to the senses. And therefore, you can thank God day after day after day. And it's your expression saying, God, I am standing on this. I am not giving up. I'm going to be persistent about this. I'm, I have shameless insistence. I have shameless boldness on this matter. I'm standing here. I'm going to say thank you to you, even when I don't see it. Are you with me? Just thanking God. Our third way that you can be persistent in prayer is just by praying over that matter in tongues. Just keep praying. Say, Father, I'm here on this matter. I know it may have been taken, you know, taken me several weeks, months, years, but I'm still praying on this matter because your word still reads the same. Forever, O oh God, your word is settled in heaven. God is not going to rewrite it. He's not going to change it. His word is settled. Now, we better you and I settle on His word. And you say, God, I'm just praying over this. And He said, Holy Spirit, help me to pray over this. And you just spend time praying over that word in tongues. That's another way for you and me to be persistent, consistent, insistent, shamelessly bold about that matter. God, this is where it is. And I want to see this happen in my life. I'm not giving up. So these are some ways by which you can show that you are persisting. You're like that man at the midnight. Kept knocking. 
His friend said, hey, the only thing I have, I have to do is get up and give him the bread. The widow just said, hey, here she is again. I better take her case and close it quickly. So you're all that person. You go before God. But now let's deal with another question. Why is persistence in prayer so important? Why do we need persistent prayer? Because, you know, can't God just, God just be so kind enough that every time you snap your finger, angels come down? And they take care of your matter? I mean, come on, we've advanced to the point you tap a button, something happens, another part of the world. You click send and it happens there. Can't God work faster than that? Why does he want us to be persistent in prayer? I'd quickly mention three reasons. Number one, because persistent prayer expresses or demonstrates our determined faith. It's one thing to say, I have faith. It's another thing to demonstrate it. And the only way you can demonstrate persistent faith is by actually doing it through time. It shows God that you are determined. So persistent prayer is not about changing God. It's about changing me. It's bringing me to a place where I'm determined about the matter. It's easy when you begin something. You've got zeal. You've got excitement. You've got passion. But will that last time over time? Will that faith stay through time? Well, when you are persistent in prayer, you're showing God. I've got determined faith. Think about that. This is in Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 to 28. That Canaanite woman who came to Jesus on behalf of her daughter. Now she was a Gentile. And she had to press through or get past the disciples first. Now for whatever reason... The disciples were trying to stop her. Maybe Jesus had a busy day. I don't know. And you call Shanti in the office. Can I speak to pastor? Uh, pastor is not, you know. <laughs> I don't, she never does that. Okay, I'm just making it up. <laughs> but whatever, the disciples were trying to keep her away. For whatever reason. Maybe he was tired. Maybe he had a long day. I don't know. But somehow, she will not let that happen. She gets past. Twelve men. <laughs> and she makes her way to Jesus. And even when she first approaches Jesus, Jesus doesn't seem very welcoming. He gives her some big theological reason. I can't, you know, now is the time for the Jews, not the Gentiles. I'm here to help the Jews. I can't help you yet. You know, big she says, you keep all those reasons. Just give me a crumb. Keep the bread. Give me a crumb. And she's saying, I'm not going to take no for an answer. That's it. I'm not going to take no for an answer. Theology, no theology. I'm not taking no for an answer. I didn't come here for that. I came here for a miracle. And you know, Jesus actually stepped out of the program of the Father. Meaning, you know, this was the time for the Jews. The time for the Gentiles would come later. But he actually took something from the future and brought it into the present. Just for the sake of one lady. Okay. You asked for the crumb. And he said, woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you. As you will. Her determination was an expression of her great faith. Are you listening? When Jesus comes, will he see such kind of people? Will he see people with such kind of faith on the earth? Is a question Jesus asked 2,000 years ago. I hope you and I will be those kind of people. With that kind of determined faith on the earth when he comes. A second reason why you and I need to be determined in faith is because it helps us break down demonic opposition. 
You see, prayer, while it is our engagement with our Father, Heavenly Father, it really aggravates the devil. It irritates him mad. And that's why in Ephesians 6, as Paul writes about us engaging and wrestling with demonic powers, and he give, talks, tells us about our spiritual armor, he ends that passage in Ephesians 6, 18 by saying, praying always with all kinds of prayer. So you got your armor on, but you also need to keep on praying. Praying always. That's part of our engagement. Praying always. So there's an enemy that doesn't like it when you and I pray. And one of the things Jesus said is this in Matthew 11 verse 12. He said, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. See, God gives his kingdom, makes things of his kingdom available to you and me freely. But for us to take it, we have to take it by force. We have to be violent. Why is that necessary? When God's kingdom is so wide open, when God is giving everything to us so freely, why, sh why is Jesus saying, there's got to be this violence from your part? It's, it's almost being militant. Why? It's not that God is keeping us out. But we've got to contend with the flesh and the devil. We've got to fight on our side. We've got to fight the flesh and the devil. And that's why there's a sense of militancy. That's why there's a sense of being tenacious and saying, I'm going to go and take what is in the kingdom. But I'm going to fight past my flesh and fight past the devil. Are you all with me so far? The kingdom is wide open. The Father's giving it to you and me freely. But the flesh and the devil try to hinder us. And that's why the fight is. Daniel chapter 10, you know, clearly shows this to us. When, you know, Daniel, on the first day when he began to pray, he began to pray over a certain matter. And, and, and he kept praying 21 days. On the 21st day, angel Gabriel comes to him and says, Daniel, you're a man beloved of God. On the very first day when you prayed, God sent me. And Daniel, what took you 21 days? FedEx? No. <laughs> what took you 21 days? Well, on my way here. There were the prince of Persia, the prince of Greece, who intercepted. That means there were demonic powers trying to stop Gabriel from bringing the answer. But he was dispatched the moment Daniel started praying. So you, don't, you and I don't know what's happening in the unseen spiritual realm. Now you begin to pray and you're expecting your answer now. And God, your heavenly Father, is faithful to dispatch the answer. But somehow there's an enemy that does not want you and me to receive the answer. So he intercepts. He tries to hinder. He tries to obstruct. And that's why you and I need to keep standing on the Word. On the promise of God. And saying, devil, if there's anybody who's going to move, it's you and not me. If there's anybody who's going to give up, it's going to be you, not me. I'm standing right here on the promises of my Father. He has spoken and God will make it good in my life. If it's going to take five years, I'm still standing on it. Because heaven and earth will pass away, but my Father's words will not pass away. I'm standing on that word. Amen? So sometimes you wonder, why is this battle so long? Because there's an enemy. And he knows if you succeed, your testimony will impact so many lives. That miracle that you're praying for, that whatever you're, you're seeking God for, whatever you're believing God for, he knows when you receive it, it'll be such so powerful. And so he's going to do his best to stop it. That's why you and I need to be persistent. A third reason, very quickly, is because there are, this, there are things that you and I have to give birth to. You see, when God designed the birthing process, He could have done it in one day. He could have designed it very simple. One day, done. Baby comes. 
But for whatever reason, for us humans, He designed it as a nine-month process. Whatever reason. Nine months. And in the Scriptures, prayer, giving birth to the purposes of God, is often likened to a woman giving birth. It's compared. So in spiritual things, when you want to give birth, it's a process. And so you are steadfast, you are persistent through the process, knowing that time will come when you can give birth to what God has said you will give birth. But you need to be persistent. You need to go through. Amen? Worship team, please come. So when should you and I be persistent in prayer? When? There are times when you and I pray and we see wonderful answers. Immediately things happen. And that's great. And there are testimonies. We keep hearing all of those wonderful testimonies all the time. God did this and God did that and things have changed. Wonderful. But then there are also times when God has given you a word, there's a written scripture you're standing on. Or maybe God has spoken into your spirit about something He wants to release through you. And when you know that your Father has spoken, you have to stand on it with this insisting, persisting, undaunted, never giving up kind of faith and prayer till you see it come to pass. You say, God, you have spoken to me. It's in the Word. Or you've put it in my heart. I'm going to stand on it however long it takes. So there are times when you have the written Word, you've got to stay with it to see it happen. Amen? Last Sunday as a church... We prayed for Arun David. That's a very young man. He died suddenly. And I believe he did the right thing in praying that he come back to life. As I said last Sunday, my thinking was very simple. His wife needs him. His children need him. And that's why we prayed. Uh, and I don't know what you think about it. You may think this pastor is crazy. I'm happy to see you back today. But I believe he did the right thing. And I was so touched that some of our people, some of our people from church who are part of the life group, they left the same day. They went to Hyderabad. Some reached the next day. And they were there with Ashita and the children the next few days just being there as a support to the family. And I was so touched to see, you know, various couples and families do that. They spent several days with the family in Hyderabad. Just Now, Arun didn't rise back to life. The funeral happened on Tuesday. Wednesday was a memorial service. and These families were there. And we need to continue to be an encouragement, be a support to Ashita and the children. Those of you who know them, just be our family. Be our family. We're going to support them. We're going to encourage them. Be there for them. There's a journey to make. But If there was another opportunity, no, I wouldn't call it an opportunity, but there's another situation where we had to pray for somebody to come back to life, we would have shameless boldness and do it again. Amen? That's the kind of faith Jesus wants. A faith that says, Lord, I am shameless about this. Why? Because it's in the Word. Jesus said, The works I do, you will do, and greater works. Because I go to the Father. He said it, that's enough. No questions. 
He said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I'll give it to you. That's enough. If you ever have that opportunity, you have shameless boldness and say, Jesus has spoken. I'm going to do it. Got to pray again. Amen. That's the kind of people we will be. Now, we know there's a practical side of life and we will support and be there for people in their need. But at the same time, we are people who have faith in God, His Word. If He has spoken it, we will act on it. We will do it. Expect it. Amen. This morning, I want to encourage all of us to come into this place of persistent faith before God. You're reminded of the two illustrations Jesus gave. He said, you've got to be like that. Don't give up easily. You've got to be like that. I don't know what you are praying for. What promise you're standing on. But I want to encourage you this morning. Just keep standing. Just keep standing. Because that's what God wants you and me to do. Just keep standing. Don't give up. Be one of those people when Jesus comes back. Hey, they've got that kind of faith that I wanted. They've got that faith. These are people that don't easily give up. Amen? Let's rise to our feet, please. As the worship team leads us this morning, I don't know what you're praying for, but will you, standing before God, say, Father, I'm still here. I'm still standing on your promise. I'm still standing on your word. I'm not moving off this. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep thanking God. I'm going to keep declaring this promise over my life, into my situation, over my circumstance, until I see it happen. I'm not moving off of your word. Take a few moments, please, and posture yourself before God in persistent prayer and persistent faith. He is faithful. Will you and I stand in that place of faithfulness. The one who made the blind to see is moving here in front of me, is moving here in front of me. The one who made the deaf to hear is silencing my every fear, silencing my every fear. I believe in you, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles, yeah, we believe, I believe in you, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles, one of those impossible, He's reaching out to make me whole. He's reaching out to make me whole. The one who put death in its place. His life was flowing through my ways. His life was flowing through my ways. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the
Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we as your people, we posture ourselves, we put ourselves in this place of faith, determined, never giving up, tenacious, unwavering, unshakable place of faith upon your word, Father. And we refuse to move out of that place. This is our place from which we will pray. I will keep on praying. Father, because your word is truth, what you have spoken will be fulfilled, will be established in our lives. I speak over every home, every marriage, every family, declaring God's kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in your home, in your family, in your marriage. That the house of the righteous is blessed. That the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in your home. I declare over your children, our children, that our children are blessed. That they are mighty upon the earth. That God pours His Spirit upon them and His blessing upon them. That the anointing and revelation given to us will pass on to our children and to our children's children. I speak over your finances that it is God who gives you the power to get wealth. And may the Lord increase you more and more. May you be blessed of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And may wealth and riches be in your home according to His word. Declare His divine favor over you in your place of work. That God surrounds you with favor like a shield all around. That you are highly favored of God and man. And because your ways please God, He makes every person around you to be at peace with you. And that God surrounds you, He crowns you with His loving kindness and His tender mercies. I declare God's divine protection over you. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. That He gives His angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. That you are blessed coming in, you are blessed going out. Declare over your body and your mind that by the stripes of Jesus, you have been healed. And the Spirit of God in you gives life to every cell in your body. That your body is for the Lord and the Lord is for your body. That you walk in health and strength in your body, in your minds. And Father, we stand on your word. We stand on these promises. We stand right here and we pray and say, Lord, whatever you've spoken, let it be done. Be it unto me according to your word. Just go ahead and say that. Lord, be it unto me according to your words. I receive it, God. I receive your word. What you have spoken, I receive it. And Satan, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over you. I take authority over every unclean spirit. I take authority over every evil work of the enemy. And in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I command every work of the enemy destroyed. I command every chain broken. Every foul spirit, I command you leave in the name of Jesus. Every tormenting, oppressing spirit, I command you, leave. Every foul spirit destroying marriages, homes, relationships, I command you, leave. Every spirit of poverty, lack, insufficiency, I command you, leave in the name of Jesus. 
I'll break every generational curse, every rain thing handed down from forefathers. I'll break it. It has no effect on our lives because the blood of Christ has redeemed each of us. In the name of Jesus. And so, Father, may each one of us, your people, walk in the fullness of your blessings in every area. May there be shalom, shalom total well-being in every area thank you father before we close we love to give people an opportunity to receive Jesus into their lives this is the greatest thing that you can ever do is to ask Jesus to come in to your life the Bible says, he who has the Son, he who has the Son, has life. If you receive Jesus, he is life. You're receiving life. He is the healer. You're receiving healing. He is the bondage breaker. You're receiving deliverance. He is the provider. You're receiving provision. Jesus said, I'm standing at the door and knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. I will fellowship with him, he with me. If you've never opened your life up to Jesus, want to lead us in a simple prayer this morning, and you say, Lord, I open the door of my life. I ask you to come in. I want you to be my Lord, my Savior. I want you to be with me. If you've never done this before, and you want to do it, join with me in this prayer. If you've never done this before, just say, Lord Jesus, I open the door of my life to you. I ask you to come in, Lord. Forgive my sins. Make me a child of God. And help me to follow you. And you alone. The rest of my life. From this day forward. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you pray that prayer with me for the very first time, we want to celebrate with you. So if you don't mind, could you raise your hand? You prayed this prayer with me for the very first time. Just raise your hand. We want to celebrate with you. Anybody here, you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time. Just wave your hand at me. Is there anyone here? I see. I see one hand here. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Right here. Right here. Anyone else? Just wave your hand at me. You prayed this prayer with me for the very first time. We want to celebrate with you. We want to celebrate with you. I see one hand here. Ashes will come and give you a packet. We call it the New Believers Bag. And that there are some free resources for you to use to learn and grow in your faith. There's also a card that says Decision Card. If you could write your name and number, please, and give it back to the, one of the ushers. Somebody from the church office will call you. They'll tell you how to use the resources in the bag. Anyone else? You pray the prayer with me. You didn't raise your hand. Please make sure you meet with one of the ushers on your way out. Just tell them, I pray that prayer, but I have that bag. They'll give it to you. They'll take your name and number. And we just want to encourage you to grow in your faith in Jesus. Amen? We've had our students with us uh, they've been with us the short-term bible college students i think i don't know what the exact number is like 54 people or some, something like that they've been with us for two and a half months next sunday is their last sunday with us okay they've finished their short-term course with us uh, 18 courses uh, 52 students so next sunday uh, friday is the graduation sunday will be their last uh, service with us we're going to pray over them and they'll all go back to different parts of the country where they came from. So, thank God for that opportunity to pour into their lives. I, I trust that they've all had a wonderful time. And August 1st, our new batch comes in. Bible college, the regular Bible college starts. We'll be having a new batch of students coming in from August 1st. Let's close in prayer. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each one of us always. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. 
Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes and books, please visit apcw.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. Do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store.